Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone. It is Monday, another time, another episode of Corporate Talk with me and you. Yes. Or Charlie and Eva. Yes, Charlie and Eva. And we've been on for a long time now. Three years? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, three years. Okay, so the mission of Corporate Talk is to leave no stone unturned, to use all our collaborative powers to make a difference. Even if you're one person, our companies need us now more than ever. So let's give them our A game. And that's what we do. So how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, we have a really, really, really cool guest. Yes, um, we do. But We're going to be talking about how to get your mojo going. Yes. Um, this is going to be a really cool show, so hang with us. Um, something I wanted to say we talked about um, over the weekend, hmm. and that is and, – and this is politics aside, okay, um, but it has to do with bullying or coming over the top and saying what you – want with no repercussions. And uh, we've been seeing that a lot in the political press lately. Yes. And we both had the exact same vision at the exact same time. Um, so even I both have corporate backgrounds. And what we were saying to each other was these guys that spew bully-like rhetoric um, have never Based accountability. This is the corporate way. And um, well, no, what I was saying was the corporate way is that we applaud and and promote that type of behavior, and then we wonder when it runs around unchecked how this could happen. But we celebrate it, right? Soft skills were always put on the back burner as a sign of weakness. Right. It's a terrible strategy, and I, you know what? I'm not sure. We celebrate it. I think we make believe we celebrate it because when it impacts us. Well, but that's who gets promoted. The one that's the loudest mouth, the one with the most bravado, the one that, um, you know, is showier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a lot of what I speak to is about how to stand up and be heard when you'd rather sit in the back. You know, when you're not that guy that wants to just be up front and just start talking and just say whatever. And, and we seem to think that if you have a lot of money and a, you know, quote unquote hot wife, that, um, you can say whatever you want. And it's simply not true. Uh, I can, I can tell you that, um, uh, for real, it's not true. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but we need everyone to stand up, not against these guys, but really for them. You know, and we need to share our voice so they pare down their rhetoric and they learn to listen, mm -hmm. right? And then we'll have their back too. No, but the point is, is that they won't listen. That's, I mean, we argue about this. The point is, is that they won't listen. So it's, it's just important that everyone 
be able to share their voice and share their opinions and share their gifts. Yeah, but you know what? This leadership nonsense, it's not a, it's not a one-way ticket to Palookaville. But what does that mean? That's a, that's an old boxing term. Oh. <laughs> well, I know what Palookaville is, but what do you mean? Well, leadership I mean, nonsense, it's not a you know, you can't, you can't refer to these bully-like people as leaders because they're not leading. They're just, they're just cutting through everything. Right. They're not collaborating. They're not listening. They're not a voice of the people. They're a voice of themselves. Right. But from the response, you would think that they are the voice of the people. So they. Yeah, that's another. That's another thing. You know, they're the voice of the people. They're the voice of the people until they become the people that the voice is after, and now they're not anymore. Right. It's like the Twilight Zone (laughs) to serve man, but it turned out to be a cookbook. Right. How to serve them. Yes. Um, they can do better. Mm-hmm. All right, raise the board. So um, we can talk about this with our guests. Um, we we have a lot here, right? I mean, um, it's all about your presence and and your ability to lead and your likability to be to be able to inspire. Well, and it's also about getting yourself in that place where you can inspire about getting your mojo up. Right. And it's a skill and it takes training. Um, And I, we are really excited. So I'm going to introduce our guest Mm -hmm. and I hope I get the name right. Um, So forgive me. So I would like to introduce Ariana. Are you, are you with us? I am. (laughs) Okay. So um, (laughs) welcome to corporate talk with Charlie and Eva and, Thank you so much for being patient. I was a little a little passionate this, this time. Um, <laughs> why don't you first share your contact information so that our listeners can follow along? Sure. Um, uh, as you said, my name is Ariana Ayu, and the easiest, best, quickest way to find me and get in touch with me is to go to my website. And if you go to themagicofmojo.com, that's the title of my book that just came out, themagicofmojo.com. That's where you can, there's a whole website there, contact information. You can download the first chapter of my book for free. There's a whole bunch of my bio, you know, all of that kind of stuff that you could want. It's right there at themagicofmojo.com. And and we can purchase the book from there as well? You can. Um, there's actually links. It's set up to go through Amazon and through all the major booksellers. Excellent. So, um, so yeah, um, that's pretty okay. Easy. The magicofmojo.com. Now, um, I remember when we met. Okay, we met. Um, what month is this? July. Mm-hmm. We met in <laughs> April, I believe, yes. um, at the uh, mm-hmm. summit in New York City. And I remember, Ariana, um, you were just hitting home runs. I mean, y- you had that look that you owned everything you were talking about and um, it actually impacted your message, your brand, what you bring to the table actually impacted me and also Eva and what we do when we can learn from you. We get to cheat. So we're grateful that you're here. <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much. tell us basically really what you mean by the magic of mojo. 
So the full title of my book is The Magic of Mojo, The Creative Power Behind Success. And that second part really is what gives you the clue of what I'm talking about when I talk about mojo. Because a lot of people think mojo, they think, you know, charisma and magnetism and, you know, picking up, you know, people that you think are attractive wherever Mm -hmm. you're out and going. But mojo to me is really, it's the creative power behind success. It's that inner driving force that we all have that we can tap into. And, And yes, it does make you charismatic. And it does make you inspiring. But really it's about an inner an inner force, an inner creativity, the ability to innovate and come up with radical new solutions and things like that for whatever aspect of your life, your business you're in. So when I talk about tapping into the magic of your mojo, I'm talking about tapping into that thing that makes you unique and special and different and that inspires the people around you to help tap into their best selves as well. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's what what I meant when what I felt when we met. Because mm-hmm. you most likely relayed that message and I said, that's what we all need. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. uh, maybe share a little bit about how you got to this. I mean, what inspired you to want to inspire me with the magic of mojo? Well, first of all, it is a lot easier to inspire other people to do great things than to try to do a whole bunch of great things yourself. Yes. So, so that's number one. I mean, I think when we all do our thing, Whatever that is, we, we step up and we stand in our power and our greatness and we all step into that place. The world is so much easier. It's so much easier to work in a team when everybody is contributing from a place of strength. So that's a big part of it. The other part is it, this sort of just came to me over the years. Um, my first business, I had a holistic wellness center. And I just... Somehow what I ended up doing with most of my clients that would come in was helping them to figure out their life purpose. They were people who wanted to feel passionate about their lives, their careers, their relationships. And, you know, I just thought I had, okay, I have this gift. I can help people to figure out what it is that they're passionate about and what gives purpose and meaning to their lives. And so that was something that I just kind of naturally did. But as I moved through my professional life, what I found was that I was still doing that, but I was applying it in different areas. So when I started out, I was applying it to people's health and their their sense of spirituality, their relationships, you know, because that was that idea behind a holistic wellness center. And then as I continued building my business, I started to get a lot more questions about, well, how do I build my business? How do I do something in the world that I'm more passionate about? And so, you know, as it happens with all of us, I think my sort of mission and what I was doing really evolved. And things were kind of trucking along, we're going pretty good, and all of a sudden, I completely lost my mojo. I had a a personal loss that was, it affected me really, really deeply. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this position that so many of my clients had been in before, of not 
feeling purposeful. And I'm somebody who, like, if the world fell down around me, my purpose was always big enough to get me up no matter what happened in the world around me. So when I realized that I was the one who lost my mojo, I was the one who was stuck, I was the one who couldn't seem to make any headway no matter what I did, I said, okay, (laughs) I've got to figure this out. And so what I did was I documented my journey. I looked at what I was going through and all of the things that I had led people through in, you know, in, in previous years. Mm. And what I realized is that there's actually, when you lose your mojo, or even if you've never felt like you've had it, if you, if you don't have purpose and passion and play in your life, there's a way to get it back. And I'm a systems person. I really like order and structure and give me some rules and then I'll be really creative within that. And so that's what I did as I documented my own process and I used the wisdom and the learning from all of the many clients I brought through this same journey. Interesting. And And interesting that you did that internal assessment and you were honest with yourself. And you know what? Uh, Many of us have experienced or are experiencing just that, right? Um, it's a, it, mm-hmm. You said it earlier, it's a lot easier to share it with others than it is to live it yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. So, and it's so powerful when you do the work yourself. Yeah, right? it really and is. Really can, you really can get behind the people that you're working with because you understand them so well. It really enhances the purpose right. point, right? right? Um, so yeah, we're going to take a break, which I really don't want to do <clears throat> because we're just mm. getting into it. Um, but uh, I have a lot of questions. I think this is a great start. We're really happy to have you. So please stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlene Eve and our very special guest, Ariana Ayu. We will be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is author, speaker, strategist, and entrepreneur, and many other things, Ariana Ayu. And Ariana is the author of The Magic of Mojo, The Creative Power Behind Success. And you can learn more about Ariana at her website at TheMagicOfMojo.com. So, Ariana, I love your story, and I love 
Well, I don't love the fact that you lost your mojo, but <laughs> I love the fact that you were able to regain your mojo. And so when you started on your journey, you know, when you're in the place where you sort of lost your passion and you've lost your zest for life, how do you, how do you begin? Where did you start? How did you know where to start? Or was it kind of hit or miss when you first started working on your mojo, getting it back? That's it's such a great question because that really is the first thing that people need to figure out is is what do you do and where do you go once you realize there's an issue, mm-hmm. and and that's really the first the first thing that I did and the first thing that I think anyone has to do is you have to really accept and understand where you are because let's say you want to go and run a marathon if you're somebody who has spent the last five years hanging out on your couch. To decide that you're going to start running three miles a day is probably kind of ludicrous. So you have to have that understanding of, okay, this is where my body is at physically right now, my mental state, my emotional state, and this is where I want to get. But So you have to kind of, it's almost like developing your training plan. So the first thing really is figure out where you are. Do you... Have you ever felt passionate and purposeful in your life? If you haven't, that's a really good thing to know. And you kind of know the only where to go, the only place to go is up, right? Right. So, well, hold on. It's, it's, you, I agree, provided you develop that ability to become passionate and find a purpose, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean. You could, you're right, because you could actually, you could totally flatline. But if you're, um, if you're sort of at the at stage zero of of zero passion, zero purpose, if you've never had it, either you're going to maintain the same or you're going to go up. You're probably. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think there's a negative purpose. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. never been there, but <laughs> but so when you accept and understand where you are, then you can figure out. You have some sense of where you're going. It's sort of like if you've never been in a good relationship, you've, you know, let's say you've always had, you've always dated people who treated you like trash. If that's the only thing that you know about relationships, then you may not want one. You may not be in a good place to get one. However, if you see a relationship that's really emotionally healthy and strong, then all of a sudden you have this idea of, oh, there's this other place I could go. And it's real and it exists. And so that's kind of what I mean about you have to look at where you are because where you are, that's your starting place. You have to be able to accept that and say, you know what? Right now, I've never had a job that I've ever liked or I've never had a relationship that has ever worked or I've never had whatever it is. Or alternately, you can say, you know, I had this one job that I really, really loved. And then you can sort of file that away. Because then you can start to look at that, you know, or you can say, I've had this, I I did this volunteering thing that I was so passionate about when I was in my 20s. Maybe that's something that, maybe that's not what you want to do again, but maybe that's something that you can tap into as a memory of, I do know what it feels like to be passionate about something. I you do know, know what it feels like. Yeah, and I, I really like that because because I always think that awareness is is key. It's first you have to do the internal work because so many times you'll see so many books that will say 21 days to freedom or 30 days to this or whatever. And everyone's journey is individual. And the length of time it takes depends on 
exactly what you just said, where you're at, exactly where you're at. And if you want to run a marathon and you've been sitting on the couch, that's not going to happen in 21 days. 21 days may get you moving in that direction, but it's certainly not going to get you to the place where you're actually running that marathon. And the same thing with a relationship or a job change. And so I like what you said about that. Look to see where you're at and then also look to see what was working and then start examining what it was about those different jobs or relationships or jobs or relationships that you see someone else have that are appealing to you to then start breaking that down to see what it is about that that appeals to you. I think that's a perfect Absolutely. starting point. It's really great to to look to be able to appraise yourself without judging because I think it's really easy for us to get into I've never had a job that I like therefore I never will I'm a bad person I'm ill suited to working you know whatever it is we get those stupid things that we think about ourselves that are actually not true but so to be able to look at it without judgment is really it's a skill but it's real that's really important as well yeah and that's a great point because I was thinking about that too because it's so important that we not judge ourselves and it always I always say everything always comes back to a bit of self-acceptance and self-love and that's part of it is being able to look at where you're at and just saying okay I was the one that got myself to this place I can also be the one that gets myself out of this place and I can just look at this kind of from a neutral standpoint to say I can move forward because if you start beating yourself up, you'll just downwardly spiral even more. You're right. I mean, it's exactly what you said. If if I've never had a job that I liked, well, I'm just going to spiral downward, and I'm never going to be able to have a job that I like going in the future. Why would why would what happened in the past not dictate what happens in the future? And so I, I really like that point about not judging yourself. I just want to add that um, there's a lot of work there. There's right. a lot of work. That's there. very, you know, <laughs> yeah. what you guys both were just discussing, there's a lot of work. Um, and so what I found um, is that uh, I, I don't, I didn't necessarily judge myself harshly, but I basically blamed it on everybody else. You know, mm. like I, I never had a job I liked because everybody my bosses have been terrible yeah they're all jerks yeah (laughs) so and that's that's part of the mist right you got to put that on the whiteboard Mm -hmm. see it in front of you and try to reverse it right yeah well i would say in those kind of situations i would say what's the common denominator because there are some times when when you're in that blaming mode i i see this all the time with relationships you know because women will get around and we'll chat and we'll talk about our past past relationships and present and, you know, not so much anymore now that I've been settled down for a while. But I always remember, you do always hear those girls that were like, every guy in the world is a jerk. And the guys would be like, oh, every woman I've ever dated is crazy. And in those moments, I always have to go, okay, look at the common denominator here. What's the thread that's run through all of these things? So you're right. There are those two ways to go. We either tend to judge ourselves or we tend to blame everybody else. Where there, there's that old joke about if you run into a jerk in the morning, then you ran into a jerk. But if you ran into a jerk in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening, you're the jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never heard that. I like that. <laughs> um, so when you start, so after you become aware of 
what needs to change and how you want to change it. Then what did you start doing to actually start making shifts? Well, that's when I started really digging into those things, kind of like we were just talking about, digging into, you know, am I blaming other people? That's when kind of the analysis starts. And and I call it shadow work. A lot of other people use that word too, that phrase. And what I like about it is it's about looking at what's hidden, what's in the shadows of our own mind, our consciousness, our awareness. What are we hiding from ourselves usually, but maybe also from other people, and really digging into that. So, for example, if if I was finding that I was always blaming, you know, all of my bosses have been jerks, then then I would start to look at, okay, maybe, just maybe, maybe all of my bosses weren't jerks. Maybe they were, but maybe they weren't. And I would start to look at that. And so when you start to delve into those pieces that are, you know, the shadow is also, you know, it's kind of the things that are kind of ugly. That's why we hide them. That's mm-hmm. why, like, if company's coming over and you put everything in the closet and close the door, you know, that's all the stuff <laughs> that you want to keep hidden. So you have to really be able to look at that. In order to do that, I found that we really need to surrender into it. And surrender is one of those words that kind of gets people tackles up sometimes because they think it's like waving the white flag and giving up. But what I mean by surrender is really allowing yourself to be in whatever situation you're in. And saying, okay, this is where I am. Right now, I can't necessarily change that. And, you know, and we can always make changes. So, um, you know, I know that we can always change our situation, but sometimes we don't feel like we can. We're afraid to leave our job because we want the financial security. We don't have something else lined up. We're afraid to make a change because of whatever else is going on. So when when we surrender into the fact that, okay, right now I'm in a situation that I don't like, I, I've accepted this is where I am, then you can start to deal with whatever the stuff is that's getting in your way. And so that's, that's where that digging to say, okay, am I blaming everybody else? Is it just that, you know, some people kind of drift aimlessly. They don't really know where they want to go, but, you know, somebody had an in at this company. So they interviewed and they got the job because they were the friend's cousin or whatever. So they go through that job and they kind of go up through the ranks and they learn what they learn. And then, you know, at some point they might look back and go, either I really love what I'm doing. Wow, isn't it cool that I ended up here? Or they go, how the heck did I get here? And is this what I want to do with my life? Right. Mm -hmm. Good point. And there's something to be said for the surrender piece of it, because I think people look at that as being something that's really hard. But if you can really surrender there, I would think that there was a relief in that. Did you find that when you surrendered that you found some relief or did it get more painful? (laughs) I think it's like when Charlie said about how acceptance, and the awareness piece can be really hard. I find the surrender piece sometimes is hard because it's it's kind of a daily going, okay, this is where I am. I know I want to be somewhere different, and yet this is where I find myself. And and I think I think surrender is kind of a sometimes it's a daily thing, sometimes it's a an hourly thing, sometimes it's minute by minute. 
And mm. when you're somebody like me, who's a crazy control freak, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm used to making things happen. That's, you know, right. I'm an entrepreneur. I go out, I make something happen. I get it done. I take action. And when you're somebody who has that kind of a, a mindset and a way of being, surrender can be really, really hard. And there is some relief to it in that you go, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up about this. I don't have to make the world something other than it is. There is a kind of relief in that, but it's, for me, I think surrender is probably the hardest part of the process. And everybody, it's different for everybody, but, you know, I'm kind of, I've, I've worked to get myself mellow. I do a lot of meditation, but I, I'm still a type A personality, you know? <laughs> so I, well, I want to get things done, and surrendering means I'm not doing, I'm being. And that, mm-hmm. from what I've found, that can be really, really difficult for a lot of people, including myself. Because it means that I'm not in control of everything, which is, mm-hmm. it's a great point that you bring up about, you know, when you're a type A, that it's really hard to let go of that control. So I want to mm-hmm. stay with that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more after the break, but we're about to take our second break. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today, Ariana IU, will be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our show today with our special guest, Ariana Ayu, the author of The Magic of Mojo, The Creative Power Behind Success. And you can find out more about her and that book on the magicofmojo.com. So you guys were discussing before the break surrender and how for some it could be tough, for some it could be relief. Um, I guess I, for me, I was thinking, I was looking at it as you have to have the willingness to be influenced, even if it's by yourself, to surrender. Another, if I don't get past, if I don't accept where I am right now, I'm never going to get anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? So I have to be able to influence myself um, and... You know, it almost ties in a little bit to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. If if you're really a controlled person and you don't have the willingness to be influenced, you're never going to open up. I think there's, and there's also, if you get into more of a spiritual side of it, the spiritualists will say that we don't control everything. We think we do. That's just in our head that we think we have control over everything and we don't necessarily. So there are some things that we have control over and some things that we don't. You know what, uh, Ariana, when you were 
talking about um, being a type A and how surrender is tough for you, um, I relate to that being in corporate my whole life where we would make jokes like we're smoking on the ledge in a thunderstorm, but we're also delivering um, the next project uh, nonstop. And now as independent business owners, it drives me crazy to have to strategize where I am, where I'm going, and it's not every day of just banging out work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I, I understand that now. Um, so what do we do next? I mean, so I, I love the assessment and I love the fact that I committed to uh, surrender because I know I need to make changes. So what do, do I start testing? Is that, is that what happens next? Do I stick a toe in the water in one direction and see where that leads? <laughs> it is, in a way. Um, the, the next thing really to do is to start tapping into your own creativity. And that's something that we're really good at doing as kids. You know, we have art class and music class and PE and we play sports and we, we do all of these creative things. We make up worlds in our imagination. And as adults, we, it's, it's almost like I see there's this giant cone and at the bottom of the cone is the big, the fat part, like a pyramid, you know, where mm-hmm. we have all of these creative things that we can choose from and play with as kids. And as we get older and older, it's like everything shrinks until we're stuck in our world that we live in on a daily basis. And most of the time, that doesn't include all of those other kind of activities. So once you've accepted where you are, surrendered to it, and started doing that shadow work, digging out the, you know, the the subconscious motivations and the things like that that are getting in your way, then it's time to start playing. Because... Here's the thing. If we want to have a passion about what we're doing, it's got to be fun. We've got to have a lightheartedness to our approach. Otherwise, it turns into intensity. And we've all seen that kind of, you know, it's like every bad Lifetime movie. You know, things go from <laughs> passionate to intense to stalker to crazy murder victim, you know? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we don't want to go into that route. We want to keep passion infused with playfulness and purpose because when we feel that what we're doing contributes to the world, contributes to something bigger than us, and I don't care whether you're religious, whether you're non-religious, I think most of us feel that there is something bigger than ourselves out there, whether it's our community, our, you know, relationship to nature. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. We all have the ability to to connect in with something bigger than just ourselves. And so in order to tap into that, though, we have to kind of shake loose our adult conditioning, the thing that says you'll sit in school for eight hours and be still, and then you'll go to, you'll get a job, and you'll sit at your desk for eight hours, maybe 10 hours, maybe 12 hours, and be still. We have to start moving. We have to shake up our lives. And sometimes that means we need to physically shake up our body. We need to actually start to play again. And so this is where things get fun because it's really about experimentation, saying, okay, what can I do that would 
make me feel a little bit creative. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be anything big. For people that are really unsure of where to go, I think, well, get a coloring book. Start with something. Like, pick an activity from your childhood that you remember liking. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's going outside and having recess instead of sitting and having lunch at your desk. That's funny, you know, not to interrupt, but we just did that, right? We, we put a whiteboard on the whole wall. Mm -hmm. So, and we really enjoy putting painful thoughts and ideas and dreams and clouds on there. Well, but that's funny that you said that because did you whiteboard as a child? No, but I colored. (laughs) You colored. You know, (laughs) so, um, no, I I agree, right? And, um, you speak to that a lot as well. But you know what, Ariana, we're just so, just like you said, we're so brainwashed that work has to be intense and success is hard to get and you gotta really mm-hmm. kick your own ass to get there. Um, and mm-hmm. fun gets, doesn't get into the equation. And what you see is when people do that, you know, when you get so heads down, they burn out and they don't enjoy anything, you know, because there mm-hmm. has to be some fun in it. There has to be even, even if you're doing surgery, there has to be something that you're passionate and you find fun about it. You know, the fact that you mm-hmm. can actually stitch somebody up, that you can fix, that you can actually fix what's wrong with them. You know, there's a part of a surgeon that finds that fun. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, it's a skill. I believe it's yeah. a skill to, to have fun and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind uh, of sad, I think, because I, I have to imagine that in all of human history, it wasn't always like this. It seems to me, it seems like somehow we have all this technology that's supposed to make our lives better so we can have more leisure time. And instead, we spend more time in front of the technology. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, right. how is this? How have we lost this as humans? It seems like animals can do it. Kids can do it. Somehow we've, we've grown up out of it, which just just seems absurd to me. I think it's complicated because every year the bar gets higher and higher and mm-hmm. you, everybody's driven to earn more and you lose sight of everything else but that. And this mm-hmm. is why we need you, right, to reset us. So, Ariana, I've got a question for you, and, and maybe this is too personal, but what when you were working on yourself and you were coming up with this methodology to help bring your mojo back, what was it that you tapped into again for fun? Oh, my gosh. I did everything. Mm. <laughs> I was Because I think when you're at that point that you feel like you're, maybe it doesn't feel like rock bottom, but you know that you're in a low place, mm-hmm. it feels really hard to find things. So I I painted a room in my house. I, changed, I rearranged the furniture. I started experimenting with different types of cooking. I colored in coloring books. Um, I, at one point I took a pottery class. Um, I, I actually got my undergraduate degree in music and I hadn't been singing. Like my voice was my instrument. I carried around with me all the time and I realized I hadn't sung. I hadn't used my voice in, Mm. I couldn't remember how long. So I, I literally went with everything I could find because I think, I think it's about casting such a wide net. If we try one or two things and we have yeah, moderate success, then we'll feel only eh about it. But I really think I say go out and try it all. You know. So you really stirred your own pot to see what oh. comes out. Well, that's like when I dragged Absolutely. you to improv. 
Yeah, I guess it's very similar to that. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, so um, I wanted to ask this, um, and we just the conversation is great. We could probably go on for hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you, by the way, Ariana. But um, so okay. you have the strategy. You're trying to uh, stir the pot. You're stirring it. You're learning about what you like to do. How do you come out? as this new, um, I don't know if brand is a good word, but how do you come out as this redefined, reinvented person and have others take notice? I mean, what do you have to do as a as a brand to redefine yourself? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, it does. I think the, I, I think part of it is understanding that the process takes time. I think that's a big that's a big thing that's that's hard for a lot of people because we all we're kind of conditioned to want things right away. So I think part of it is understanding that you're gonna come out of it when it's the right time for you to come out of it. And not trying to force it. That's sort of that mm-hmm. surrender that keeps happening. Um but at a certain point, once you've been you've been casting your creative net all around the world around you, at some point you start to think you know, hey, this is a direction that I might really like to go in. And you start to get these ideas that come to you that are really exciting and that interest you and that you're passionate about. And those ideas take a little time to percolate. And so while they're percolating, you're still doing your creative exploration. You're still, you know, taking your pottery class or going to dance lessons or whatever it is. And at some point while those ideas have been percolating, they've started to form into something more more coherent. And at that point, that's when you get to start to to really dream and design what you want. You figure out what does success really mean to you. You know, is success having a giant mansion on the beach in Malibu or is success living a more simple life? You know, what does it really mean? And when you start to get those ideas, that's when it's time to sit still. That's when it's time to really start to look at, okay, how am I going to make this a reality? And I don't mean how in the sense of what are the steps I'm going to take to happen. What I really mean is what would it be like if if I only needed this kind of a more simple lifestyle than I've been aiming for before? What would it be like to live this way instead of that way? You know, and you start to dream into what your life could be. Right. It doesn't have to be um, necessarily simpler. It could be you could want more. Your mm-hmm. creative talent could, you know, if you want to change the world and you want to go out there and make it happen, I mean, it could go in the other direction, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so yes. I get it. I just, you know, sometimes you have to have patience, and that's where – we lose a lot of us, especially in corporate. Um, well, I don't have the time. It's easier for me to be a control freak and keep earning what I'm earning. You you guys go out and uh, paint the walls until you find what you're looking for. And that's where we screw up, right? We need to, we need to ground ourselves to work that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So I guess we have to take our final break. Right. But stay with us. A um, lot more to come. 
Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and our very special guest, Ariana Hayum. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Ariana Ayu. Ariana, Ariana, sorry, I was getting my New York going there. Ariana is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and she is the author of The Magic of Mojo, The Creative Power Behind Success. And so we've been talking about how you get your mojo, how you start working with it, you know, tapping into creativity, which I know so many people, like if you start talking about creativity and coloring books, there's a lot of people out there that are going to say, well, that's craziness. I've got a job. I'm not going to be coloring a coloring book. But not understanding that doing that taps into a whole different side of your brain which will then allow you to start looking at your options because so many times you feel like you have no options. So I love the piece about creativity because it's such an important piece and one that we need to be shouting from the rooftops. Um, there was also something that I know that you, you speak on, and I'm going to change up our conversation a little bit. So when we talk about women in the workplace, and mm-hmm. you know we tend to – we need to be strong and we need to be powerful, but you're also saying that you can do that without losing your femininity. So I was just wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Sure. Um, that, I mean, I could talk to you about that for hours on end probably, but I'll give you my <laughs> my <laughs> my very short version of, of, of my experience with that, with the people that I've worked with and throughout the years. And that is that, do you remember in the 80s when all the women were wearing the um, it was all the, the power suits. They were pants suits. They had the big boxy shoulder pads. That's your thing. And I then, have many, many of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to have this idea that as women, if we wanted to be successful, we needed to be like men. And the reality is, is that women and men have very different strengths. And we have there are certainly things that we have in common. I love men and women. I, you know, I think that we all have great things to bring. And for women, when we understand that we don't have to be like men, we can be who we are, and that in itself is powerful and is, offers a great contribution, then it gives us the freedom. It lets us have more passion and more purpose in what we're doing. And the studies back this up. When there, there was a study that came out, I don't remember exactly when, but they were talking about whether teens are better, whether they're all male, all female, or mixed gender. And without exception, the mixed-gender teams scored higher than everybody else because when we have the opportunity to all pull from our different strengths within a team, then we all contribute 
to a greater whole. We're not trying to conform. We're not trying to compete with each other or um, diminish each other. We all get to show up as strong, powerful players when we are who we are. It's when we try to be somebody else that it, it's inauthentic, and people can tell that. They can tell if you're trying to be something that you're not. If you're a mm-hmm. woman who tends to be very masculine in your approach and your appearance and that works for you, then great. And what I say about women in the workplace is that we need to feel free to be who we are. And, of course, when we're in a corporate environment, when you're working for a company, you also have to conform to what's expected there. So there's a bit of a balancing act. But we don't have to pretend to be men in order to be successful. We can be intuitive. As women, many of us have an ability to intuit what other people are feeling, we tend to be, and I know it's a stereotype, but we tend to be more empathic, so we understand people in a different way than men do. One isn't better than the other, but when you have both sides, when you have reason and emotional awareness, then you can create something so much bigger and better and broader than when you just have one or the other. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. You know, when we first started working, um, I started working in the early, very early 80s, almost the 70s. Um, we had to be the way we were because we weren't even allowed in the mm-hmm. upper levels of management at that point. Um, Absolutely. But now it's shifted. And so now is the time that, you know, you really are seeing that everyone – you. At the beginning of the hour, you started talking about um, having all the different strengths in the team around you, that we all can't do it ourselves, that we need to have a team around us. And now people are starting to find, especially as women have integrated into the workplace in a big way, that we all bring strengths to the table. You know, it's all about utilizing, just as you said throughout this hour, it's all about utilizing our strengths and understanding what those strengths are. And you did a great job of talking about, well, how is it that you find that mojo within you? Because you have to first become aware of it, of, of what you really are good at and then start putting that forward. So I, I love that around, you know, yeah, we can still, we can be feminine now. The times are different. The times have shifted and Mm -hmm. we all men and women, because men used to hide who they were too. I mean, men always had to pretend Mm -hmm. like they were tough guys, even if they weren't. And everybody yep. was pretending for the most part. It's kind of sad, a few, right? A few nasty ones. When you realize <laughs> maybe if you don't want to leave the mojo in you, you want it to come out. You want the mojo It's out. a wasted mm-hmm. gift, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you were um, – there was one other thing that you talk about that I wanted to touch on because we have about four minutes left. And – when you speak to the people that you, you work with, and some of them, I'm assuming, want to leave their corporate careers and start into entrepreneurship, um, you have some tips for escaping the enslavement of entrepreneurship, actually, because what can happen is, you know, we get used to being in a corporate environment, we become entrepreneurs, and then we become like the boss from hell to ourselves, And so what are some of your tips around helping people that have become entrepreneurs and are finding themselves kind of enslaved by it all? Wait, wait, let me get a pen. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just put put the phone on record. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know. um, I'm 
trying to think how I can how I can fit this into four minutes. So um, basically, how about like one tip? What was that? I said, how about one okay. tip? So, um, trying to see what I think is the most important one for you. I think the well, it's hard to say what's the most important because everybody needs different things. But I would that say one sense. tip. Yeah. That is that I think is really critical is understanding what you're good at and what is not your strength because entrepreneurs try to do everything themselves. They think we have to wear every single hat, and that's the way that I was taught, and that's what I learned. You have to do the bookkeeping, the you have to be your own secretary, you have to you have to do all of these things on your own. And the reality is that I'm not good at everything. Mm-hmm. You're not good at everything. I mean, like who's good at everything? None of us. So uh, being able to understand what you're good at and then delegate the rest. Now, of course, (laughs) we have to do this. You have to do this with sound financial planning. So if you have no money coming into your business and it doesn't look like you're going to have any money coming into your business, then maybe you're not in a position to hire a gigantic team to do all of the things that you're not good at. But I like to teach people to work towards making yourself obsolete in your own business. So if you can have people around you that are smarter than you, than you in certain areas or at least more capable in certain areas, maybe you're the creative, visionary innovator and bookkeeping isn't your thing. Well, you know, you can hire a bookkeeper for pretty cheap. So look at what you're good at and what you're not good at and focus on the things that are income producing and in your wheelhouse. That's interesting, right? That almost takes me back to surrender, right? Right. Surrender all of the other stuff that you need to have control of because you're the man now. Right. Well, build your team and trust the team. Yeah, trust the team. You know, instead of micromanaging the team, which is, you know, corporate 101 leadership, right? Yeah. Well, Ariana, this has been an absolutely great show, and thank you so much for all your wisdom and your knowledge. Yeah, I would like to let a couple of months go by and reach out and maybe come back, and we can share how much progress we've made from today on based on what we learned. I would love that. This is yeah. so much fun. So you're going to do the work. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to start assessing, and I'm going to start moving forward and delegating and. Excellent. Right. <laughs> we'll be Excellent. we'll be checking back in with you, Ariana. It's hard work. Yes, it is absolutely. Hard. Please do. The magic of mojo. Yes. So, Ariana, thank you so much. Great show, and we'll be talking to you soon. Yes. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, guys. Take care. Um, so again, that was Ariana Ayu, and to learn more about Ariana and to get the book, The Magic of Mojo, The Creative Power Behind Success, you can go to her website at themagicofmojo.com. Very calm, very grounded, uh, uh, preaching, uh, practicing what she preaches with happiness and ownership and everything else. Yeah, it was terrific. Um, and the results speak for themselves. Yes, they do. Excellent. Okay, great. So we're back next week. We are back next week. So thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Have a great week.